Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Spawn of Azathoth. It was written by Doc Herber, and our guest master is John Hook. This is episode 26. Our recap will be given by Josh Harwood as his character, Dr. Arlo Augustine. I would also like to mention that we have a new patron, Michael Smola has pledged $3 a month to our channel. Thank you very much, Michael. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Josh? Thanks, Tom. To my beautiful wife, Ariana, I... I... Oh, God. <clears throat> we're on a... Me and the group, we're on a train. We got on a train. There were some people in robes that turned out to be nothing. We met up with Wilson and... We met up with Wilson and he set us off. He put us on his journey. We're in Tibet now. We're going into the Himalayas. We're going possibly to a, a place where I may not return. I don't think I will return. The rest may return, but I do not think. I think this is the end of me, Ariana. So with this letter, I have also put my will and everything um, necessary to do with that. And um, make sure Dr. Green knows he can go ahead with a 1.0 with a Zeb. You can go on ahead with that. Yes. Arlo isn't home anymore. I am Arlo. We are Arlo. Ariana, Arlo does not exist. He is a we now. We are one. And we will finish our goal. We will treat these mortal beings as our friends for now. But if they get in the way, I will get rid of them. As I have plans to get rid of Zeb as well. <laughs> that green easily manipulated Zeb will soon be dead maybe the rest will who knows but I just have to get to the bottom of this I cannot be dealing or we cannot be dealing with this goddamn thing and Arlo is the sacrifice 
Soon. <laughs> Soon we'll be out in the open. <laughs> Josh, thank you for that recap. Awesome. Uh, so when we last left, you guys have made it to uh, Lahasa, Tibet. You uh, caught up with um, uh, Francis Wilson, right? Mr. Wilson, Professor Wilson. Um, and uh, and he's he's informed you about the research that he's been doing that that uh, <clears throat> Philip Baxter tasked him with which took him into Russia and he discovered that uh, uh, some of the, the diaries from Rasputin and uh, you looked over that one uh, very pertinent page that uh, talked about uh, the albino savage that is uh, uh, an agent believed to be an agent of uh, Ibon and is uh, going to do apparently is going to do whatever he or it can to ensure that Nemesis strikes and uh, the world is remade in a in a new image, uh, much like it was sixty five million years ago. Um, so Wilson, who has a uh, a false leg now due to uh, injuries that he has sustained cannot make the journey himself he is relying upon you to make it uh and so he has uh gotten his best man uh, a local by the name of uh, la zhang uh and la zhang is going to uh, uh basically be the uh, the lead of the of the sherpas and porters who are going to uh travel with you north uh and according to uh wilson's research um there is some kind of um temple or monastery uh far 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 to the north in an area known as uh lang um and that it is going to be a very long and treacherous dangerous journey uh, i don't remember what i said before but this is going to be like a almost a two-week journey um and, you know, before uh, coming from India to Tibet, even though it was through the Himalayas, uh, at least that was a semblance of a road. And that was a, a, a pilgrim road that was um, uh, supported with uh, yurts, you know, way stations for people to uh, successfully uh, traverse that uh road if you will that goat path used as a as a pilgrimage road uh, there will be no such luxuries on this journey uh north into the wilds of of tibet um so this will be a very difficult and grueling physically grueling journey but you have the yaks you have the uh the sherpas and porters and you have uh la zeng to to be your guide uh, uh i know that uh wilson made a point of making sure that we had arms that we were comfortable with are are is the staff also armed they are they all have rifles they all have uh standard issue rifles it's something 
Uh, any special farewell as we head out? Uh, well, before we uh, head out and have that special farewell, um, I'm going to uh, rectify an oversight uh, from before. It uh, comes to my attention, and, and I blame myself, but there were a couple of artifacts that were picked up in Montana. Um, a couple of uh, small stone-like, at least their appearance is, is that of, of a chunk of granite, uh, but a small stone-like uh, devices that while they look firm and have good weight to them, um, they're, they're actually slightly pliable. You're able to squeeze this rock and, um, and it's these weapons that the Migo were, were using. And I believe at least one of you uh, was going to be practicing uh, with that weapon in the cover of darkness during the original sea voyage uh, when you were coming to Calcutta prior to traveling further south to the Adamant Islands. Edith, yes. you have a weapon that you want to be practicing with, I believe. I, I do. All right. Uh, so as the setup uh, is, yes, you are on the boat. Well, it's a little bit of a flashback. You're on that boat crossing over um, and uh, and yeah, you're on the deck of the ship with uh, one of these rocks. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll spend some time studying it, looking it over, seeing if I can, I can kind of make sense of it. Um, I've, maybe I've roped... Um, Dr. Baxter or, or um, Mr. Cuthbert in to help me maybe, you know, provide some target practice if I decide to actually try shooting at it. So something akin to like skeet shooting, I suppose. Sure. But I do want to take some time to study it first, um, lest I hurt myself or somebody else. That is probably wise. Yes. Um, so why don't you give me, here we go. Here we go. Um, why don't you uh, roll percentile and I'm, I'm just roll once, but I would like you to tell me how that roll compares first to your intelligence and second to your pal. Okay. How does that single roll compare to each sure. of those? Okay. Oh, that's an 06. I think that's an extreme for both. Well, yes. Yes. <clears throat> well, you are successful in not uh, blowing your face off. Excellent. So bonus for that. Um, right on. Uh, uh, fantastic. So, and that was an extreme success for each of those? Yes. Correct. Okay. Um, so you're up on this deck and, um, you can tell after a fairly careful inspection of this rock that, um, uh, your, your mind kind of starts thinking about, uh, starts thinking about, uh, the Migo and, and their, their claws, you know, uh, and their appendages. And so, uh, you almost kind of split your hand you know, kind of in a V formation and you, it feels, you know, kind of natural to kind of grip it, you know, like that. Um, uh, your thumb is almost 
uh, useless. It just kind of is, you know, holding on to it, but you're able to, um, through pressure of the, of the split fingers, you're able to figure out how this is fired. Uh, you even take a couple of, uh, test shots out, you know, safely out into the, out into the ocean, into the air and, and maybe also shooting down at the water. Um, and nobody, nobody's injured. Uh, but you do, uh, come away with an extreme success. You do come away with some extra information after, uh, doing a couple of these test fires. Um, so you have noted that this rock, um, ever so slightly, uh, almost imperceptible for humans, but I don't know, you're paying really close attention. The, um, the weight is, is greater. It's gotten heavier. Um, the, uh, rock is also slightly warmer and it's, uh, becoming a little more difficult to squeeze it. Um, you seem to have ascertained that, uh, the more often you fire it, the more difficult it becomes to fire. Uh, and you eventually, uh, believe that it will eventually become too heavy and too firm for a human hand to squeeze it and fire it. Um, you guesstimate that you probably have uh, somewhere between five and 10 more uses out of this before it just simply becomes um, a lodestone. Excellent. And definitely that divot at that one end, you want to have that divot pointed away from you. <laughs> yes. You figured that part out for sure. And that's um, the dangerous end. I, I think we all had a bit of an interest in it. So anyone in this trip that would have you know, wanted to know this information, I think Dr. Saladin may have the second gun. Just kind of give them the rundown of what it looks like, how we use it. Um, even Dr. Augustine, because at this point, you know, we don't know any anything different of Arlo. So all of everyone would know the intricacies of the gun if they wish to know it. Did I have it or did I give it to Baxter? Somebody more scientific, when I think. We, we did uh, a little bit of study of it when we were uh, back in, in Providence, but I don't think. Yeah, Edith has figured out which end shoots. That's what we weren't sure of. Yeah, I, I was, I know, I remember saying that I was weary of testing it out because I didn't want to, you know, have us kill ourselves by yes. squeezing it in. Well, and an oversea voyage is a good place because even if you cut a fairly deep channel in the sea, it's probably not going to cause a lot of meaningful harm. It's big and mostly empty. Um, I, yeah. I don't think so, I have one. One of them has the other one. Sure. Well, anyone so be, who would want to know about it, I would. Happy to have smuggled it in, and I, I, had, I was successful in my smuggling mm -hmm. of actual firearms. So. Yeah, so uh, for having a, an extreme success uh, in your testing of it, uh, roll 2d6 for me, please, Edith. Uh, seven. Okay. The uh, base percent chance for uh, Mego lightning gun is going to be 25. Uh, but with your extreme success, you can add 7% to that. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, so you'll have a 32% in Mego Lightning Gun. Um, was there anyone else who wanted to take advantage of the sea voyage to practice along with Edith on the usage of this weapon and maybe kind of even tutelage? You know, have some tutelage under Edith. I guess we should all at least try it out. Doesn't that make sense? Unless we have, well, so, we have so li- such doesn't... limited shots of it, though. Yeah. At, at least study it, you know. And I could no, no, yeah. no, no. That's the end. You point out. Don't point it at yourself. <laughs> Maybe we can make some marks on it of some sort, yeah. so that we know where to put our hands. Yeah. So, yeah, we won't waste any of it. If a grease pencil will mark it, I think a little arrow and maybe some uh, lozenge shapes where the where the human grip goes. But mostly the, where, the, where the hole through space comes out, we should all be conscious of. Okay. Yeah, interesting enough. You uh, you do mark it with a grease pencil, and uh, overnight when you awaken, uh, it's it's evaporated or been absorbed or but the markings are are gone. I wonder if you could put it on something or next to something or in something and it would absorb energy. Maybe that's how it gets. I don't know. But in that, given that prospect, we probably don't want to carry it very close to our own flesh, since it might be deriving energy from sources right, that we're not familiar with. To Arwell. So I'm going to assume that Edith for sure is carrying one of the lightning guns. Uh, does anyone else wish to uh, carry and maybe have previously practiced? just to see if they could improve their ability with a, uh, a lightning gun. I'm full All right. That's these black potatoes. Excellent. Roll a percentile and compare it to both your intelligence and power. Uh, well, no, the, the black potatoes are, are uh, like energy disintegration beams, aren't they? That's the Mego weapons we got. Right. Yeah. Don't appear to look like electric bolts in this case, but borers through material. Yeah. Uh, I have a hard success with a 21 on both intelligence and power. Okay. Roll a D6. Oh, you also. Sorry. Yeah, hard. Yeah. For both? It's a hard for both? Six. Okay. Yeah, it's a hard for both. Okay. Uh, so you can add six to 25 and have a 31% in Mego lightning gun. There, uh, do we know the damage value on these or is that unknown to us at this time? We know it didn't do concrete any good. Uh, right. It, it did, uh, it did a lot of damage. And, uh, so we'll, we'll see. Nebulous. We'll yeah. see when you use it. Yeah. Kind of melted a hole right through the concrete. <laughs> yep. It's a good thing, Edith, that you noticed this um, apparent change in charge over time. Otherwise, I would just want to burrow a tunnel through the Himalaya until we yeah. got until we could see Lang in the distance. But it's apparently, punch the physics. Ship. Well, <laughs> yes. 
I think that's why the uh, study was not done in Providence. We didn't want to punch a giant hole in the Biltmore in 17 residents. Arlo's chewing on his tentacles again. <laughs> Boy, I'm glad we didn't let him use one of the guns. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I think that will catch us up on the flashback. And uh, so now we come to the present. You guys are in uh, Lahasa. And uh, uh, you are preparing to uh, make your journey. Um, Wilson is there. He's uh, all bundled up in a parka. And uh, the winds, you know, the, the weather is, is awful. The skies are, are um, uh, heavily clouded. And, uh, and it looks like um, you're in for probably a blizzard coming soon. Uh, so he's uh, he's bundled up, uh, kind of bracing himself against the wind, and uh, and says, uh, "This will not be an easy journey. Please travel travel safely and 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 keep to the north. Stay north." Thankfully, we have our guide with us. Zach. Good journey. If we don't make it, you'll know because the world will end apparently. So I will continue to watch the skies. Anybody have anything they want to say before they go? Anything you so, want to do? Uh are we going to be digging trenches to sleep in as we travel with tarps over them rather than try to put tents up on unreliable terrain? Uh, yeah, the Sherpas uh, will will have whatever um, skills that they know about surviving in, uh, in the wilds of the deep cold. So that's why they're here, you know, to, to keep you alive. That's their sole job. All right, let's go. All right, you guys head off. Uh, and it is it is uh, really grueling. It's very difficult. You're not on a, um, a beaten path of any sort. Um, your feet are uh, sticking to the uh, to the half frozen ground. And it's almost like with every step, your your relatively warm boots will slightly thaw and then freeze to the uh, to the tundra below you, as you guys just keep trudging on and on and on. Uh, everyone, give me a con roll, please. We're going to have to keep an extra eye out for Cuthbert, given what he's suffered. No, I got an O2. 29 is a regular success. I got an O1. We're burning oh up luck. <laughs> I'll spend the single point of luck to make it a success. I got an O3. Oh my Jeez. god. Oh, we had an O1, O2, O3. Okay. 
59 out of 60. So, <laughs> well, that's Certainly still high. a success. Uh, fantastic. So, um, through the uh, through the first two days, uh, you guys are just you know hunkering in, sticking to it, and uh, and trudging on. Um, does anyone have anything that they want to um, do, or or what is what is the attitude that you have? Uh, throughout this journey is there anything that you do to try and beat the monotony or do you just hunker down and keep going well i imagine that it's quite beautiful at least the first couple of days we think it's beautiful but there's a there is a mountain range ahead of you you're walking right towards it we just uh, all i could probably think of is when is lunch and then when is dinner and when are we going to stop for the day and then it just becomes monotonous, almost hypnotic, probably. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot like that. Very hypnotic. Um, uh, so you guys are, are trudging along and uh, uh, you're on your third day of travel. Uh, and uh, La Zang, who's at the head of this caravan, uh, he's called for a halt. Uh, and as you guys all kind of start uh, moving up, uh, the, the terrain is, uh, it's not flat. I mean, it, it, there are rolling hills. And as you're getting closer to the mountains that are ahead, um, the hills, uh, you know, undulate, you know, even more abruptly and, and more dramatically. Uh, so as you're coming up to the crest of this one hill, uh, the Lazang has stopped and, and, and you guys can go up to there and, and see what is the matter. Yeah. As you okay? get up, as you get up there, he's, uh, he's pointing down into the, uh, into the valley ahead and you can see a very large herd of wild yak uh, moving through. Uh, grazing and and pushing through, and uh, La Zang uh, says uh, we should uh, divert and and go around. Uh, it is uh, if we were to spook the herd, that could be a stampede. That could be that could be very dangerous. But um, uh, as some of you have already been going a couple of days and. And the, the rations are meager. Um, uh, the thought of, of fresh meat is uh, crossing your mind. Yes. Yeah, he looks to you and says, uh, as a group, he looks to you and says, uh, what, should, what, do you, what do you do? What, do you, what is your choice? If, if only we had a bow, an arrow. <laughs> I don't know if you could take a gun on a bow and arrow, but. Yeah, but, rifles, but, but, yeah. but the loud noise i mean is there concern of an avalanche or are you just concerned about spook spooking the herd dr long uh, the, the herd i mean it you know all these yaks coming at us or in every which direction you know if you get trampled and killed well but aren't the yaks in a channel beneath us they are if we just 
our patient, we can pick off perhaps a couple at the tail end. A straggler, yeah. One that's young, is a pretender. Er. Full of life and hope. I hope makes it taste better. I hope. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Uh, so you guys want to wait here and as the herd is beginning to pass, try and shoot someone, uh, and take out one at near the, uh, end of the herd. Yeah. I yeah. So. yeah. We might want a bigger one, one that's not too young because we want to have plenty of meat. Well, I well, think a small, I, they're not going to have the young in the rear. They're going to have the young in the middle. Yeah. You should take, take the middle layers of the back. Let's get a good healthy one. Don't get the slowest one. They're probably diseased. <laughs> but one yak, if a yak's the size of a cow, one cow is enough to feed a family of 12 for a month. Well, Mr. Cuthbert, you're you were in the war. Surely you're a decent shot with a gun. Dr. Augustine, too, yes. <clears throat> yes, I am more, I'm better with rifles than anything else. So, I think this yes. is the perfect chance for you to use that skill then. Yes. Yes, I will. I will. I'll be patient. I have my rifle. All right, so uh, Augustine, you're going to try and take a shot at uh, at a yak. Yeah, yep. as he takes his gun, I'm getting ready to dive behind a rock when he turns on us all and kills <laughs> us, tries to kill us. <laughs> Just have a feeling. Wait, we gave Arlo a gun? <laughs> it's my gun. Yeah, he, he had his own gun. gun. It's my own personal gun. <laughs> With tentacles. Uh, look, there's a tentacle now in front of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the uh, the distance um, is uh, it's pretty long. So uh, why don't you give me a rifle uh, roll, and you need a hard success. Uh. Let me just see if I can burn the look to get it too hard. Could you use a tentacle to steady the rifle? Oh. You could make a bipod out of tentacles. <laughs> I'd need to spend 26 luck. Does, does, have... does the promise of fresh blood that tantalizing? It is. It is. So I will. I have. I have. I have sixty luck still. So I will spend for that luck to get it to a heart. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Well done. Uh, you hit it. Uh, why don't you uh, roll some damage for me? Okay. How do I still not have? Where's the Lee Enfield damage? I still don't know. It is two uh, d six plus four. Five, eight, so 12. 12 points of damage? Yeah. Wow. Check something real quick. 
Not exploding rounds. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't do us any good. Bison. I wonder how a yak compares to a cow. It's bigger or smaller. You think it's smaller? A yak? Mm-hmm. I think it's bigger. No, they're hairier. They've got yeah. fur. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so you know you hit it. Um, and the noise uh, echoes through the valley. And um, the entire herd uh, just kicks into high gear to include the one that you shot and, uh, and begins uh, hauling ass further down in, uh, through the valley, heading away from you. Okay. Uh, the one you shot is, uh, doesn't seem to be slowing down right now. Mm. Well, we follow and then yeah, track it. eventually it will... Uh... Uh, well, I mean, yes, it should bleed out. How high is the valley? We should be able to get another shot or two before they're out of sight, right? Yeah, you can get another shot. Go ahead. Yeah. Let me see. I've also got a Lee Enfield. Hard, hard success. And that's too much to spend. My, I can't feel my fingers. That probably makes it harder. Okay. So, pachow into nothingness. No, we... Or possibly into another animal. Anybody else? No, I, I reckon we don't need... I, it should... Uh, it, in theory, it should just bleed out. We, we can follow it. Got a good shot on it, so it's probably not too long. Uh, it can take sometimes a minute. Many minutes yeah. and decides to give up. This will get slower and slower as it goes. So eventually you could shoot it again. And we yeah. could track yeah. it with the blood. There's, and there's blood yeah, no way to miss it. It's a question for La Zeng whether it seems like it'll take us farther out of our way than the fresh meat is worth. Uh, the, the, the animals are running on. Um, and there's still one last chance to shoot it, but now due to the distance, it's going to be an extreme success. Lazang is, uh, is, uh, uh, speaking very rapidly. And then he, he tries to slow down, control his breath and, and speak in English. And he says, he goes, it will run away. If you, if you want it, you must shoot now. Take I'll, take, I'll take a shot at it. Or go ahead. You have a better skill than I do. So go ahead. If you're going to take yes. a shot. Okay. I, I, you're the guy for this. I've never shot a yak before. So, well, until just a few minutes ago. So I will. Okay. Uh, I don't need a hard. I need an extreme. But I've already spent so much. But, uh What's spending seven more luck, right? What's spending seven? Not even double digits. It's way too far uh, for a handgun. Okay. Way too far. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. I spent the luck. All right, roll your damage. 
Okay. That's a five and then a six. So then it, that's 15 if it's a plus four. Very nice. All right. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the crack of the rifle echoes, uh, through the Valley and sure enough, the animal that you were aiming at the one that, you know, you shot already once, cause you are that good of a, of a marksman. Um, the, uh, the front legs, uh, t- you know, crumple underneath it as it was running full speed. And so it falls head first into the dirt and then the whole rear end of the body flips over the top and it, it falls to the ground with a huge thump uh, as the rest of the herd just keeps running on. And, uh, and that animal is, uh, is laying in the ground. All right, we should start heading towards it. Nice work, Augustine. Thanks. Good shot. But why don't you, uh, yeah, take a load off, and we'll go and and collect the beast. Yes. Well, and the Sherpas and the they should all know how to slaughter. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, they're all running out there, knives drawn, uh, and they've got a bunch of like. Uh, special packs for for uh, holding meat and so they're they're going out there in order to field dress it right where it lies just like the old days <laughs> uh, in terms of things to occupy the mind while time passes and the cold and deprivation uh, i've been trying to get la zeng to teach me some a few basic words and just the groups Tibetan tongue. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, all right. Great. Um, give me a um, psychology. Hmm. Something I'm actually confident at. Oh, 18. Very nice. That's uh uh, hard but not extreme. Okay, and now give me a uh, an education roll, please. Unhindered by my massive power loss recently. Uh, right, Netley. Uh, I can't. It's ridiculous to fail on eighty. I'm going to spend. Uh, six luck points. Okay. Oh, so, what's that, Cuthbert? I hear in the wind. Push <coughs> it. Cuthbert, look after that. You're an older man now. Ah, uh, thank you. What if I, what if I uh, make meticulous notes as I'm having these conversations? Could I focus my mind and try harder? Well, so so uh, you had a successful education role, yes? Uh, yes. Okay. No, I had a successful intelligence role, and I and I failed my education role despite it's and I wanted to push it. So I, I didn't want an intelligence. I just wanted you to do psychology first. Oh, psychology, yes. Psychology went well, and then, education surprisingly did not. And I was going to try to push psychology. Try education. Um, this is not something I think of that is pushable. That's so fine. you can either spend the luck or no. I'll spend it then. Okay. Cuthbert's voice in my head was probably just the wind of mountains. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, uh, ah, yes. Um, so, um, so 
Lazang has uh, has um, he's he's not been completely uh, available to uh, teach you any Tibetan. Uh, he seems to be like trying to spend his time like leading the group, but there are times where you come up and say, Hey, you know, I, I'd really like to learn some more Tibetan. Right. Uh, and so you can, your successful psychology, you can tell that he seems a little distracted, preoccupied, maybe frustrated. And, um, and you've noticed that um, the words that he's, that, that he is teaching you. He's not like teaching you phrases. He's, he's like, you know, house, yak, door, cup, bowl. You're just getting like just these individual little uh, words. Basic snippets. vocabulary words and not things that are useful like turn south or stop. Correct. Correct. <laughs> or help or you're not getting anything like that he's he'll see like he'll he'll, he'll be walking and go um this is the word for rock here's rock here's here's bush here's shoe you know and he's just he's just you know almost like he sees something and and is telling you the word for the thing that he sees um but he's definitely not uh giving you phraseology or anything that seems uh, even remotely usable uh, because, you know, it even occurs to you that, well, okay, that's a thing, but um, uh, you don't know about any kind of conjugations. And is it, you know, is it different if you're meaning it one way versus another? And you don't even know sentence structure in Tibetan. I mean, he's, you get the sense that he's, um, with your successful psychology, you get the sense that he's uh, uh, placating you, but definitely not trying to uh, teach you anything. Uh, but you do pick up a little bit of something since you have your successful education role. So you can add other language Tibetan and you are at 2%. Fair enough. I can tell whether they're speaking Tibetan sometimes. Yes, but you're not getting any of the phraseology, so you can't tell what they're saying. Not everybody is a teacher. Could you teach a Tibetan English? <laughs> You'd probably go rock, camel, camel. What's that doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Alien same, beastie. Same, same thing that the llamas are doing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the piranhas. And the piranhas. Tibetan piranhas. Did you did you happen by chance to learn uh, how to say quick that man has tentacles sprouting from his back? <laughs> In Tibetan, by chance. Hmm, maybe not. I think uh, I'm, I might know how to say finger. So I could point at him and say, finger, finger, finger. Uh, does anyone else have anything that they want to do? So the, the Sherpas, uh, due to 
uh, the time that it's going to take to field dress that yak, uh, you'll end out uh, camping early, um, earlier than you have been for the last couple of days as you hunker down and uh, set up camp to, uh, to spend the night. And, uh, and uh, that way that gives the Sherpas plenty of time to, to dress that, uh, that yak. Yeah. I think it's a good time to rest. Okay. Cuffet. Walk over to Cuffet. Um, yeah. Oh, it gave me a, a sense of the good old days. It was a pretty good uh, shot. Still yes. have it, Arlo. I do. Oh, yeah. I thought just for a second <laughs> I was normal again. It does seem like you're struggling there. I really hope you can hold on. This is, I don't understand what's going on. Hmm. I wish I could tell you. <laughs> I feel like my humanity is draining away. Oh, don't say that. You can hold on. Do you feel at all like you have any chance? At, can you communicate with with this, whatever it is with you? Yes, I, we, I have ways. I have been able to tell it what to do the tentacles have issued on my commands they have gone i've thought about them going to watch something they go towards something but i don't know i don't know how long it will stay this middle ground of peace as you can see, my skin is tearing away, Cuthbert. Good God. Are, are you still... You still want me to go ahead with what you told me to do? Of course. The moment I stop being able to... feel like I'm a human being... or when I've completely shed the skin. I have not a clue what I will unleash. So, yes, the plan is still set in motion. And then you'll be able to go home, hopefully all of us, and you'll be reunited with Zeb, Cuthbert. The, um, the camping arrangements, um, everyone, uh, in addition to the the porters kind of like clearing uh, some of the snow away to try and get to hard packed earth, the uh, the tents are these really small tents, um, and uh, they're designed for two or three people to crawl in together and have shared bodily warmth in this enclosed you know, little space. Right. And so it, it keeps everyone warm and you stay dry from the elements because the whole tent can completely close up. Um, uh, so is it safe to assume that uh, Dr. Augustine and Cuthbert uh, share a tent? 
Yeah, okay. so does, I'll, I'll keep him warm with all my tentacles wrapped around. <laughs> does anyone else share that tent with him? Oh no. <laughs> Two of them? No. Uh maybe maybe Arlo might wanna have a tent to himself just so he can No Cuff, but you're staying with me. Yeah, any anybody who sleeps by themselves, that's almost a death sentence. You're almost guaranteed to die. You're almost guaranteed to freeze. Oh. It's it's required that there's uh, two to three people per tent. Cuthbert, you're, you're, I'll keep you warm, Cuthbert. Is, is what about what about the the yak? Is there any warmth left in the carcass? <laughs> <laughs> smells worse on the inside. I thought it smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> oh, okay, I suppose. Uh, Cornelius. Yes. We're outside now shouting over the wind. Will you feel safer if I'm in there with you? Yes, please. That means we've got to put three people in the other tent. Yes. Hey, look, Edith A has a Mego gun and B was with with me and not trusting Arlo. (laughs) So I'm going to stick her. Stick close to the person who was on the same wavelength. The the um <laughs> the the council of reason stays together. <laughs> you're, you're with me. You're smug bastards. But well, I got the extra blanket, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but so do I with all my tentacles to keep all of us warm. Awesome. All right. right, So three in each tent, three in each tent. Um, So uh, uh, Augustine and Cuthbert and and Baxter are, uh, are bunking together. They're, they're talking about, you know, things that, you know, making sure that Augustine's feeling all right. What about the other three, Thomas and Long and Saladin? Uh, What are you guys doing? So I think that Migo gun could punch a hole straight through him and take out the tentacles in one fell swoop, if it should come to that. I agree. I think it's our best shot. If whatever Arlo is now decides to betray us. At this point, Hopefully Dr. Baxter can take action if something happens in the night. This this trip has just begun. I want it. It's, it's grueling. I agree. I feel like we're marching towards our deaths, honestly. Hopefully we don't get there and they say, oh, they're not here today. Go back. Like, like the spider woman all over again. Oh, they will um, receive a strongly worded letter myself. <laughs> um, uh, can we assume that I, I overheard some of Dr. Philip, Dr. Baxter's stuff? I'm like, so... What's with the? I don't think that the, the Sherpa is being particularly friendly to you. Uh, so he's trying it, it to avoid. Seem like he seems like a, you know, a no nonsense type of individual. They're here to get us to a place and don't have time for much else. But I think their lack of amiability is to our advantage in this situation. Uh, Maybe again, my, my my mistrust of 
of Arlo, I mean, there's no way that our guide's going to be led away or seduced by some like familiarity, if that makes sense. Well, I suppose we have to rely on them because they know what they're doing out here in the freezing cold. Yes, I was assuming if it wasn't just because they're being single-minded at making sure the six of us survive to our destination, then perhaps it was a cultural thing. They, maybe they're not very welcoming of sharing their language with others. Uh, so everyone uh, beds down and, uh, and does their best to get yet another uh, night of sleep. Um, I would like the tent with uh, Thomas and Long and Saladin, uh, each of them, to please give me a listen roll. Oh, oh, four. Oh, no. Luck. 28 is a regular success. All right. Um, so, Dr. Long, you feel like you think you hear something, uh, but uh, Dr. Saladin, you definitely hear something, um, and it kind of awoke you. Um, maybe it invaded your dreams a little bit, but then it woke you up and, uh, and you hear, um, uh, the, the static squelch of a radio. And then it clicks and, 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 the but it doesn't silent. sound like it's in here. It does not sound like it's inside your tent. No. So something outside is making a, a squelching, uh, radio thing and then it clicks and then it's and then it stops am i aware of anybody who has a radio on this trip uh you haven't seen a radio no one's talked about a radio and you it doesn't sound in, like you haven't been in radio communication with anybody it sounds like a radio a communication radio not like a music playing radio correct that was weird i'll, I'll keep listening to see if i hear any more yeah, there's nothing else. Do I have a direction? Like which tent direction it came from? Maybe if it maybe if you heard it twice, you might be able to zero in, but right now you you don't know. Are are, are either of you awake? Yeah, what's that noise? I think it was a radio. What? Is somebody communicating with the radio? Oh, so cold. Uh, who would be talking to somebody on the radio? One of the guides have a radio? Who would they talk to in the middle of the night? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's... They'd have to be close. In the middle of Tibet. Yeah, they'd have to be close for radio. In the mountains? Yeah. I, I have a very suspicious feeling now. I mean, I, th I thought the, uh, I mean, the, the evasiveness of the guides. What if this Wilson fellow has set us up? I mean, he just tells us we need to go out and. Why, why? I mean, but there, there are more people who are in league with this thing who want it to fall, right? I mean, we've encountered that individual in the dreamlands and then in Montana. And we suspect they'd be out here. I mean, maybe one of the guides is part of their order. That's true. And I mean, they're how many, our how many people are, other than us, are in this uh, 
in our entourage? Um, there are uh, a dozen. Um, I'll, you know, they're porters slash Sherpas, right? They're same same thing. Um, so there's a dozen of those guys. Then there's also Lazang, and then there's you guys, and then there's like ten so there's yaks. A, at least a dozen of them. Well, I don't think the yaks are calling anybody on the radio. Um, Maybe any one of them could be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, any one of them could be a spy. Aren't there bad guys we're heading towards? There must be bad guys we're heading towards. They must be nearby because we're in the mountains. The radio signal's not going to go very far. And the, the sound has stopped by this point, right? Yeah. Correct. I heard it click, though. All right. We'll have to look for it. So there may just hypothetically, there may have been noise when you were asleep. And then as you were, especially for Dr. Saladin, that noise was probably disturbing his sleep. So then as he was raising out of a deep sleep into, you know, shallow, hey, I'm almost awake. That's when he heard the, the, the final kind of squelch and click. And then, and then he kind of awoke. Right. But Dr. Long, you were, you were like just behind him. So you didn't quite hear, you heard something, but it didn't make enough sense to you. It, it invaded your dreams, but it just, you know, it just confused you. But uh, Saladin definitely heard that squelch and click. Radio equipment's pretty big in the twenties. Like portable radio. Well, there's a lot of gear on the, on, on the, the backs of the yaks. Right, but it shouldn't be, it'd be very hard for them to conceal it. Is what I'm saying. I mean, what we could do tomorrow is we could say that we're looking something for something in our gear. Where are they getting power from? Batteries. I don't know. I mean, whatever. I mean, yeah, this isn't like a little handheld little radio they're working with. This is right. This is some serious equipment. That's all we got at this time. So it shouldn't be that difficult to no, find. We should be able to figure out which during which the, the, has during, the most. Yeah, we start looking. You know, just just on the watch, just flipping up, you know, the packs on the axe and see where there's a radio. <laughs> it also has to be near our tent. Otherwise, I wouldn't have heard it. Oh, that's true. If we peek out, is there a yak <laughs> close by? I'm sure it was inside of somebody's tent. Oh, yeah. Who's close? I mean... Well, all of the tents are, close. you're all just kind of clustered around, yeah. We could try to get up early in the morning and then see, because somebody's going to have to try to conceal that and put it into their packs. And Oh, boy. Be on the lookout. I mean, it's too cold to go out tonight. Right. We get well, up well, to we're just going to freeze to death. In here. And you're, the walls of your tent begin to ripple from the, from the steady winds that are blowing across it. Maybe maybe I'm just paranoid. Maybe I was half asleep. And no, I I heard something too, Zeno, and I think we have every right to be paranoid. Our journey together, this the course of this year has, well, stranger things have occurred. <laughs> Let's try and go back to sleep. It would it would figure that 
Edith hasn't even woken up <laughs> and sleep through anything. Those men, Montana chicks. All right. Morning comes for everyone. Um, so hopefully my paranoia will wake me up a little early, uh, like at the crack of dawn. Um, I'm going to, if it's not snowing and, and wind blowing, freezing, I'm going to climb out of my tent and see if I can figure out who's getting up first and trying to hide their radio. <laughs> okay. Uh, sure. You can get up early and, uh, and yeah, in fact, there is a steady uh, blowing wind with snow. Uh, and so it is, it is snowing pretty hard as you get up and start getting out of your tent. Um, give me a spot hidden, please. I already rolled 42, but let's see what that is. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a regular. Okay. Um, so you don't see anyone like futzing with any of the animals as if they're trying to put anything away. But as you're, as you're looking around, uh, your vision uh, lifts and you kind of look up on a rise back from in the direction that you came from. So you're looking south. And uh, and on that rise, uh, you see uh, glimpses between the, the the falling snow. You you see a gray shape, and then as you kind of look again, um, you realize that it's the uh, albino savage is standing up on the uh, up on the the rise back behind you. And as you, you know, the, he gets obstructed from snow and then, and then when the, when it clears, you know, as that blow of, of snow kind of, you know, blows past and it clears momentarily again, he's gone. Dr. Long, Dr. Dr. Baxter. What, what, <coughs> what? There, oh, up, up there on the rise. I could see the albino. <gasps> I'm not in your tent. I know, but I'm yelling. So, blowing. Uh, uh, <laughs> Edith. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm coming out too. What? What is it? Zeno saw a man up on the ridge. Is that the what albino? You were, I'm sure it was the albino. Is that what you two were whispering about last night? Oh, you were awake. I didn't hear anything. I figured if it was important, you'd wake me up. So I kind of just rolled over and went back to sleep. But I heard you gossiping about something. I uh, I get in close and I say, pretty sure we heard somebody talking on a radio. A radio? I know it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, but that makes that it highly strange. suspicious. I tell, of mm -hmm. course, Philip and, and Cuthbert and Augustine as well. So uh, what morning protocol, I'm guessing, is something like the Sherpas clear a little area of snow and put together a warming area to thaw some dried meat and make some gross tea and stuff before we all pack up our gear and, and continue walking. Is that roughly... Yeah, they've got some kind of kit. It's almost like a portable little uh, stove pipe. And, uh, and so then they can, they can, you know, continually reuse it to get a little fire started inside this, 
this stovepipe and they're able to warm up batches of food that are, you know, no bigger than the palm of your hand. So, you know, it takes a while to, to get enough, you know, going, people are eating in, in shifts. I mean, one person's being fed at a time uh, from the stovepipe, mm-hmm. right? Pretty efficient considering the circumstances, but not quick. So we have a chance to, to uh, for interlocution. Uh, and, and of course, uh, Cuthbert and I like sort of checked each other out and and Arlo as we got up in our tent to make sure that there weren't say any strange lesions on our respective flesh yeah. and he didn't look extra yeah. pink and happy <laughs> and then we get out we find out that there's this rumor that you heard a radio and you saw the albino uh, is there any chance of finding tracks in this blowing snow, or is it just ridiculous? We have to immediate? go back the way we came from, correct? Yes, and it it is a heavy, wet, blowing snow. It's watching us. Well, well, wow! So if you heard a radio, wouldn't a radio be a, a standard piece of equipment for a, a journey such as this well, who are you in con- case there's an emergency? Well, who are you going to contact? It's the mountains, it's the Himalayas. There's not a radio tower for a thousand miles. Oh, yeah, okay. Unless there's like like dotted about base stations, probably. I don't know. If well, look, I mean, you look at all the mountains around us, there, yeah, you can't right. see any. Yeah, you'd have to be contacting somebody pretty close. There are but. different, there are different radio frequencies, but just a battery that would survive in this cold. Yeah, yeah very good point. Seems almost like an alien technology. Well, don't our don't our or they uh, be don't we have flashlights? Sure, yeah, yeah but they're they, not small. Surely well, not. Yeah, these. we don't know how. This, I think this thing is concealed somehow. It could be yeah, big. A, a radio that you can speak back over? It's got to be big. They yeah. buried it under yeah. blankets and pillows. And Dr. Baxter, you, you say alien. And I mean, surely these these guns we have, they, they wouldn't have that other purpose as well, would they? I mean, it's all alien to me, but... Well, I don't think you that, heard it quite clearly, Doctor Saladin. Yeah, I don't think it was anything. It sounded very no? distinctly like okay, like a ham radio. I understand. Hmm. Right, and ham is the kind that uses less energy and goes farther distances. But still, the basic equipment aren't there. There are tubes that require atmosphere to be maintained. You might have been dreaming. I don't think it's possible to have a, a transmitting and receiving radio at this altitude. Farther unless it's the along, size of a truck. The farther we've gone along, the less I trust any of the information we've been given. Well, if Wilson wanted to get rid of us, he could have done so easily when we arrived in a haggard state. But he might have trusted people that he shouldn't have. Dr. Saladin, you said you heard it in your sleep? Wouldn't evil temple cultists also be heading towards the same place we are? 
for the same reason. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it as I was waking up. It woke wow. me up. You know, you you all have mentioned several times the dream dreamlands, but I'd never been there, so I did not know if that was some kind of possibility there. No, uh, there wasn't any. It's a possibility. We don't have the drug, though. I don't recall. There's no back. like crossover if you are just in a regular slumber. Nothing like that. No. I actually studied the formula quite well, and I believe I can make some. I just need the proper ingredients. Yeah, you're not going to find them up here in the mountains, so. though. I was, but didn't didn't we hear something about there being entrances to the dreamlands? I mean, maybe I you all had all some the of world. this concoction yeah. still with you. You had mentioned but it to me the before. Thing, the thing about the albino, I mean. It's been some time since we've seen him in Montana. They've had plenty of time, just like we did, to get here. Yeah. From Montana. Something's going on. And that's if they don't have some method of, you know, moving rapidly from one place to another, like what Cornelius tried. I think we should all... I, I think... Be ready all times to defend ourselves radio transmission without towers gosh that means there, there must be a close by recipient then which would mean is there a party traveling in tandem with us not too far away or perhaps the temple at lang itself has an antenna if it's an ancient and forgotten civilization Dr. Long said, perhaps there are cultists that have infiltrated our party and are heading towards, there, we're heading towards other cultists and they're communicating, who knows? Yeah, they're warning them that we're coming or something. Yeah, or, you're right. I mean, I mean, as this object approaches, whatever it is, this thing that comes from Azathoth, perhaps it gives off radio signals. Who knows? But they're, I, just, I mean, they're, it's, it's just so odd. Like, who, who are they talking to and about what? Or if they're talking, if they're just listening, I mean, what are they listening to? I want to find that radio. What happens if we just openly ask for it? Just, I mean, if there's a not a nefarious nature or purpose for it, they might say, oh, yeah, this is the radio for this. Well, I wonder as well, I mean, these, these um, laborers are risking their lives to take us through these barren wastes. Are they doing it because they're allied with Lausanne or because they have respect for Francis Wilson? Or are they just being paid so well that it's worth this risk? I, I think, one, they're being paid, but two, this is their environment, so they're not that. They're not. Well, considering the, this. we're going to a place that is not currently charted on normal maps, so it is recognized to be off the beaten path. My, but that isn't what I was concerned about. My my concern was if we say I demand to see the hidden radio, will they simply turn on us now? 
or is are there factions or different understandings? If, if they if say there's, there's no radio, do we tear the place apart looking for it? And we're outgunned and outnumbered. Or maybe we shouldn't and can't communicate with most of them. Yeah, maybe we should just we wouldn't have to demand seeing it. We, we could just say, we thought we heard a radio. You, no, we, but I mean, then they see that there's no radio, and then what do we do? We can't well, ransack the place, and they well, just took a bunch of crazy people out in the wilderness. They're going to do away with us, hmm. cultists or not, you know? Like, we're then it's just a present danger. I think we have just, to go about this a little, like, with a little bit of subtlety. Yeah, keep the knowledge in our pockets, and then... They say, we have been in communication all this time, and we're like, yeah, we know. We set some sort of watch at night, maybe in shifts, have someone listening. After 21 miles a day, we've got I know. to sleep. I know. You're right. You didn't get a sense of what direction it, I mean, of course, there's wind and snow. I tried. I tried to, to, to but I didn't hear it again. Hmm. There was a I imagine they were talking on the radio, and then as they were turning it off, there was a squelch that woke me up. So we are sleeping in a, roughly a ring at night. It's a protective shape. It's a cluster. It's a cluster. cluster. Yeah. So if if Arlo and Cuthbert and I and and you three just switch tents tonight, we can get a a sense perhaps if there's a direction if well, the wind dies down miles from here in a different cluster right but i assume know. that the pattern is often re re repeated it's just simpler you know you don't just randomly throw the tents right every night you have the cook tent and the mess tent you know you sort of set things a up there. yeah camp structure yeah, there's no mess tent. There's and these tents, you don't actually walk into them, you crawl into them. Mm, there are all these, you know, these little pup tent, three man pup tents. Yeah. You know, so everyone just kind of, you know, huddles together with that stove pipe to cook food and hand it off to one person at a time. I mean, it's just really, really rough. Arla. Arla. It's rough, but surely there's some consistency about who bunks with whom, right? Tough, but Yes, I, I don't know. If, uh, do you have some sort of heightened sense of hearing? Did you hear anything off last night? I was fast asleep, my dear friend. <laughs> uh, very, I get very easily worn out these days. But... I, have a, I have a very odd question for you, Arlo. Yes. Do the little travelers on your back have eyes? That is a good question, and I very much doubt it. No. Okay. But they, say, if they could see if they could see you. We just have to like as we're walking, you just slip <laughs> one into a bag and see if there's a radio in there. Then the next bag. Everyone's busy this morning, right? Uh, Why don't one of Phillip, us kind of poke their head around? Uh, you're the little mirror of yours. How does it work? Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, if I could, I'm not sure that I could see into a dark place. It doesn't provide light. So even if 
well, I could look at the door, you know. You don't necessarily that, have to find our radio. And our tents you need to find who they're talking to. I mean, if we could find that hmm. albino and see where they've gone. Yes, well, I have perhaps seen uh, the famed pale savage less than any of you. He doesn't seem to show up when I'm around. I, I hope it's not me. I've it's only me. seen this today. Uh, so I, I don't think I could focus the mirror on him. But I could try. Uh, tonight, if we think the radio is on, to, to I could imagine because it has to be local, what, what the radio is speaking to. I could try it. Um, I can't, I, I, I've only used it under very narrow circumstances and they were not rugged or um, so imaginary. Won't hurt to try much. I might feel a little weaker, but um, Cuthbert's doing well. I see you brought a, a, a box of crane broth. Yes, I still have a few bags left. Still yes. taste, I think in this higher altitude, it tastes a little bit less disturbing. Uh, that might be the lack of oxygen to your brain. <laughs> My goodness. Hey, it's, hey, it's, it's still good. I, I still rate it. Despite the low temperature, it refuses to freeze. What does that mean? <laughs> so you guys have your um, uh, chores. Uh, that you need to do, which include uh, uh, breaking your tent and uh, and packing your gear and loading up your yaks and, uh, you know, getting a little bit of, of breakfast and then, you know, tightening your parka and, and your and lacing up your boots as, as you get ready to trudge again deeper, further north. Um. So I'm assuming that you guys do that. Is is that a safe safe assumption, or are you all ready to to march on? It is safe. I make sure uh, I double check with my my wonderful little Browning, since I'm starting to become a little more fearful of our compatriots here. Okay. Wait a second. We're we're in Tibet. What's the current status between Tibet and China? Uh, so according to some notes that I've seen, the Dalai Lama expelled Chinese from Tibet in 1911. Uh, but, uh, you know, you are near a, a Chinese border. Yeah, we're getting closer and closer to the Chinese border. You're kind of running alongside it. It just be yeah. that we're close by a Chinese border. Well, I was just, I'm trying to think of Military threats place. that we might have people who would receive radio. And the only thing I could think of is we're getting close to the Chinese border. Maybe, I don't know if there's, are do these people all look Tibetan? I don't know if they, 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 they wouldn't know the difference between Tibetan. And I mean, Wilson, Wilson. There, there's also going to be a lot of intermarriage, that, right, too. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, it's not. Wilson was concerned that we might run into Chinese border patrols and that yeah. borders are flexible in mountain ranges. 
but I don't, again, that wouldn't be anything we heard in the circle of tents in the middle of in the a line. depression that we're hiding from the wind in. It's somebody in the group that has a radio, if you weren't dreaming. Um, I didn't hear music. I thought for a moment maybe somebody was listening to some music, but I didn't hear any music. Maybe you were dreaming. Um, well, uh, should we draw straws to see who asks Lazong about um, having a mechanism to communicate with Basecamp? I thought we were going to keep that under our uh, keep it a secret. I, mean, I guess we could until until the next night. Yeah. Okay. We can see also walk around as we're putting as we're packing stuff up. Say you can hide a radio in the middle of this. Check and see. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I assume a lot of the bundles on the animals are going to be sort of roundish with right. odds and ends. Obviously, if, if there was a rectilinear thing. But again, since people are probably bedding up with the same people night for night, they're packing up a tent together. Right. That is true. And these bundles are also really, you know, tightly, you know, uh, cinched and, and secured. You know, you don't want the the winds ripping them open and spilling the contents. I mean, so things, individual bundles are tightly bound bundles, multiple bundles are then tightly bound to yaks. And so it's, it's layer upon layer of knots and knots. And so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, work that goes in, you know, to, uh, to, you know, striking camp and, and getting ready for moving, you know, in the, in the few days that you've been doing this, it's, you know, it's it's a lesson that you've been learning uh, quite well. Um, so unless anyone says otherwise, my and assumption so is that... So if we're mindful, we can... Go ahead. Sorry about that. If, if we're mindful, we can, we you know, we know whose tents were nearest each of ours. Like, assuming, I assume that Arlo and Cuthbert and I were next to Logan and and Thomas. I assume that we as the strangers are neighbor tents. And then if we know that on the other side of our tent, or maybe in two places on the other side, is where uh, the Zang is camped or some other notable of the group, like we could yeah. keep an eye on the packing up and the de-packing and look for what would be probably a very suggestive package, you know, a, a box e-radio with stuff attached to it. Well, and then that's a good idea. But then these, so the the packs that are on the, uh, these bundles that are on the yaks, are they like leather pouches type of things? I mean, there can be, there's also uh, actual uh, wooden boxes that are that are you know secured shut and then tied to the axe. Okay. There are uh, uh, canvas and cloth bundles that are rolled together and tightly bound to stay in a tight roll. That's bound to a yak. So there's all manner of of uh, of containers. You know, boxes and pouches and bags and bed rolls and tent rolls and all kinds of things. So. Okay. Uh, it's pretty diverse. Because my, I guess my my thinking was the things that aren't wood, like things that we can impress, 
Um, we can try to see if, you know, things that are large enough to hold a radio, you know, you see if they're, if it's all soft, like it's all bedding or something, or if you hit, if you're, you know, if you're feeling something, you know, that's like a metal rectangle or something sure, through the leather or the canvas as you like, just like um, without having to try to open them up, which we've never okay. been able to do. <laughs> um, is that something you want to do, Dr. Long? Yeah, I mean, as we're walking, I mean, if it's, okay. you know, you're just first, like, give me a luck roll. Tell me how your luck roll goes. 23 is good. Okay. And give me, uh, so how was it just a standard success? Uh, 23 on 40. That's a hard success on luck. Okay. Uh, give me a uh, um, spot hidden. 95. All right. <laughs> Yeah, you, <laughs> you, uh, you do get up to, you know, one of the yaks and um, uh, the, the porter for that one is on the other side of the yak and doesn't seem to notice that you're there. You know, there's also driving snow falling and uh, uh, so you're able to kind of pat around, but you don't feel like you feel anything that uh, screams radio to you. In, in, in talking with uh in the group, I, I like Dr. Long's idea. Could I try, say, on the other side of the caravan with, with a couple of the acts over there as well? Uh, sure. So give me a luck roll, a personal luck roll. And of course, it's a drop die. Certainly <laughs> not a good sign. Not a good sign for luck. Um, okay. Can I re-roll what it, what it landed on? Ab- absolutely. Oh, thank goodness. That roll was it on the table. That was a 93. Now it's a 53. And it's still a fail. Okay, never mind. All right. Give me a spot hidden. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's a hard. Okay. Uh, so you are uh you go up to one of these yaks and uh and you you're actually kind of getting your arm into one of these uh packs and and you're feeling around and and you know, you're you're just feeling like bundles of cloth and stuff. Your your fingers aren't discerning anything. Uh, but as you're doing that, um, one of the uh, porters uh, comes up to you and is uh, is tapping you on the shoulder, and uh, he's speaking in Tibet in Tibetan, uh, but he's he's like gesturing from you to the pack and. Oh yeah, yeah. Here, help me. I'm looking for my tea. And uh, and he's he's he. He doesn't need um, drink. No, no. Is and, he trying and, to stop me or just sort of wave no? Well, he's he's waving no, and, and then he, he's he's just kind of like pointing forward, like march. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So I'll just put the tat the flap back over, tie it up, kind of march on over okay he, he he redoubles that knot make sure it stays nice and nice and tight and he's you know shaking his head and mm. i i think i should we should seek out lejean and ask him a particular question yeah uh, did what did wilson tell you about the pale savage or the white native or whatever because he 
appears to be among us. So you, you approach uh, uh, Lazang and say that? Yeah. Uh, so Lazang, uh, you know, of course, he's in a, in a big parka, you know, fur lined hood around his head. Um, and uh, he uh, he's like, you know, trying to strain to like, you know, what are you saying? And then you describe this uh, uh, albino savage and, and he's like, oh, there, you know, no man can travel alone out here. It, it would it would be a, a death sentence. There, there is no, there is no albino uh, uh, following us. Uh, he certainly couldn't uh, come alone, and he is—he is not one of our men. Uh, thank you, uh, Lazang. What if he's not a man? What if he's a ghost or a spirit or a, a small god? <laughs> we have seen him in many lands. And he has always been able to defeat us. And and you 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 trust Francis Wilson, right? Uh, but if, of course, you can give me a psychology. So role. Francis Wilson, mm -hmm. you asked a question. So forty-eight. Uh, oh, that's okay. It's a it's a it's a regular. Um. <laughs> He doesn't seem very convincing when he says he he trusts Francis Wilson. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything uh, Zong, that that Francis Wilson is afraid of that you're also afraid of? No, I'm not afraid. Mm. I hope uh, then, friend, that you do not also meet this uh, pale savage. We, we will see what our journey brings. It will be fine. All fine. Now, please, I, I must uh, yes, concentrate. <laughs> the weather is very bad. Uh, how's how are our compass readings? Are we going full north? Um, give me a navigation. Yeah, I'm not good at that. Um, oh, oh, 18 for 20. Yeah, that role. it uh, if you seem to be traveling pretty much due north. So, yeah, all right. For the tent tonight, I don't think he's telling us the truth exactly, but I don't think he's actually betraying us, but we're doing what we need to do. Oh, mm. it's so cold. And this cold meat is so. Maybe, I mean, if I, again, you're, I, I don't know how or if you should be using your, your mirror and magic is so i still have trouble really wrapping my head around it all but i mean could you look at wilson from here uh that seems like it would be worth an effort he is not that distant physically i know him i've known him for years uh i, I think we'll We'll wait, and, yeah, until we're in our tents. 
but perhaps we would all gather and, and you know squeeze into one of the tents and i can try that i think you should also look at um lasagne tonight mm -hmm. yes i've got a picture of him and he's close see if he's he doesn't i don't trust him anymore he says something creepy about him go ahead i'm afraid that i share your concern this has been a very grueling day yeah. of travel i need everyone to give me a con roll please oh i did not do well today Oh one. Here's <laughs> oh. the oh one. I got a ninety. Regular success. Nice. A pretty normal failure. Sixty-six. Oh my gosh! So we, I had, got a we had four. We had four failures and two successes. Right. right? And a couple of those failures were pretty spectacular. Yeah, I got a ninety-two. Oh, you too. All right. But we had one ninety. Anybody else actually, you know, truly fumble? So no true, no true fumbles, but some some pretty good failures. Uh, is it safe to assume that the six of you um, travel relatively together, close to each other? Yeah, mm -hmm. probably chit chatting yeah. all the way. I would think so too. You know, companionship, you know, familiar faces, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so uh, Edith and uh, Dr. Long, you guys uh, seem to be uh, weathering this weather, uh, the hardship of this march. Uh, it is kind of an uphill. You feel like you're, you're ascending. Um, it's not a dramatic ascent, but you feel like you're ascending. The, the snow, the driving wet snow, heavy winds uh, are just, you know, they're stinging and just wet. And it's, it's getting in, you know, through your collars and your, your backs are just cold and soaking wet. Um, but uh, you have noticed that your four companions have um uh, are starting to kind of you know get to the very end of their of their uh strength as they are all four of them you know falling to their knees and uh, continually <clears throat> having to uh stand up they're definitely slowing down okay well with with the no one i suppose i'm doing quite all right i'll try to help well, you're like Legolas just walking on the top of the snow. Yeah, this is this is this is like a morning walk back in uh, Rhode Island. Uh, I will do my best to help Cuthbert since he is the oldest. Uh, Thank you, young man. <laughs> Edith? Um, whoever appears to be struggling the most, I guess, Dr. Augustine, actually, with the 90. Yeah, I'll I'll go help him. He looks like he's having a really rough time of it. Okay. Come on, Dr. Augustine. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Is It does take uh, some time for you guys to uh, kind of start uh, helping each other and, and trying to, to reorientate and uh, get going again. Uh, everyone can give me uh, spot hiddens. Ooh, an oh. 07. Oh, one as a regular. Mm. Extreme success. No, my okay. tentacles are too cold. Extreme as well. 
All right. Uh, so the extreme successes, um, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't feel like you were spending a lot of time, um, you know, helping your companions, but it was probably more time than you realize. I mean, you're just having so many uh, elements assaulting your senses. It's difficult to tell time. Uh, but as you uh, get everyone on their feet and ready to march again, there are two yaks that are uh, in and around you guys that, you know, these two yaks are primarily carrying all of y'all's personal equipment, your bedrolls, as well as anything else that you're holding. Uh, but the rest of the caravan did not stop. And, and they seem to have, have pulled away. And so those with the extreme successes, you are seeing just these gray shapes uh, that are starting to disappear in the white of the snow. They've left us. Holy cow, they're leaving us. Wait! <laughs> Dr. Long, you don't look like you're overly affected by all this. Maybe you should run ahead. Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, we should take a, a shoot, take a round out. Maybe pop one round just to get the, their attention. I'll do that. Oh. Okay. All right, you you fire a shot into the air, uh, and it seems like the 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 report is swallowed by the snow. Doctor Long, are you going to race after? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, give me a, a dexterity test. I'll follow along. Fourteen. Fourteen is a hard. Very. Okay. I will spend four points of luck to make that an extreme. Okay. I am not right. getting left behind. <laughs> You're All not right. leaving us behind. <laughs> uh, so you start uh, running through the snow um, and you feel like you are uh, making headway, catching up um, as you, and you can tell that, you know, throughout the full, you know, day of travel, um, you've been ascending, right? And uh, you kind of kind of come over like a little crest area and um, you see you're now confronted with uh, with quite a sight. Um, you can see a gorge ahead of you that has a rope bridge, a one man rope bridge that spans across this gorge. OK, but kind of ahead and to your right. You know, so, um, you know, near the edge of this gorge, you can see the there's like a path, if you will, uh, a natural formed uh, path that kind of, you know, goes to the right and, 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 and is right next to the uh, to the gorge edge. And you can see from uh, the tracks just before they are filled in by the snow and disappear. But you can see uh, that the caravan has taken, because of course all these yaks, right? Um, they've taken that path to the right. And then uh, what kind of makes it a distinct path to the right is there is a rise of rock also immediately on your right. So they're kind of going around that, that corner and are going to kind of, you know, head downhill that way. Uh, but just as you get up there and, and catch up, uh, and you're kind of seeing the caravan disappearing down that way, uh, you hear the distinct uh, sound of uh, rifle bolts uh, being pulled back 
and uh, locked into place. And as you look up, you can see uh, silhouettes of men in in dark gray military uniforms uh, standing on the rocks above you. Uh, and as your companions catch up, you can see these men uh, have uh, uh, have uh, red stars on their on their uniforms. And we will uh, pause tonight's episode there. No. <clears throat> Our players included Josh Harwood, Morgan Llewellyn, Holly Buto, Stuart Lively, David Gasway, and myself, with John Hook as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members, you can set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. There's a link below. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.